What's happening? What up with it? What you know good and what it do? Welcome back to the most provocative and entertaining podcast in this pandemic land. This is Pull It Back the Curtain Podcast. Now allow me to reintroduce ourselves. I'm Jules St. James. I'm with my podcast, Partners in Crime, Dead Press, and Novak Draw. So let's get into it. We're pulling back the curtains on the last dance recap, episode two of the 97-98 Chicago Bulls docu-series. I'm going to exit the stage now, but Dead Press, Novak, what's popping? Talk to him. Man, we back, man. This this is our special edition, guys. So this this podcast, we're going to probably have two episodes per week. But just because of the, the last dance, we decided to just give you guys a, a bonus one just to start out. So definitely uh, very excited to get this content over to you guys. I'm just excited, man. But what are we, what are we looking like over there, Novak? Uh, the feeling's mutual. I mean, definitely some good stuff coming this way. Uh, definitely going to touch upon some relationships that we saw during the 90s. We're going to touch about some, some things that might have touched the people emotionally and physically <laughs> at this point. Uh, we're definitely about to go in on this subject. Yeah, so let's let's get to it, man. So episode two, I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, both, both episodes were fire, but, man, I liked episode two way better. Um, what was your takeaway, uh, biggest takeaway on the second episode? I think it was... The second episode, it, it, was, it was amazing to see some of the micro dynamic a bit. You know, how they went back a bit, you know, went back a bit in time again to show you a little bit of his origins. You know, you, you touch on that Boston situation. You know, it was incredible when uh, Danny Ainge was talking about how they, you know, they beat him the night before he had, 50, he had 49 and they went and played golf with him and they got scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when he, you know, to hear that LL Cool J in the background, I'm bad. And seeing Mike, what he did to the Celtics, I mean, that mid-range game is insane. You know, players bossing. don't don't have that today. He was bossing, bossing on that game, dude. I'll, I'll never forget that that the, when Jordan's doing the crossover moves in the corner on Bird, and then he pops that jumper in his eye. Oh <laughs> man, hey, I tried to after I watched that uh, series, I went to the backyard see if I can relive that moment. You know, if I can do that crossover. Of course, I couldn't. I tripped on my own feet, and I was like, "Screw that!" And I'll just rewatch this again, cause, man. But that was, that was, that was something to see right there. You know, and, and you know what, Novak, you bring up a really good point about that. So the funny part about that sequence with the uh, the Danny Ainge part, I love how Danny Ainge was talking trash to him, and Mike before Danny Ainge could get up out of there said, "Your boy DJ is gonna have a tough night next game," <laughs> and then he hit him for fifty, didn't he? Yeah, he hit him. You know, he hit him. Yeah, he hit him real hard. You know, when you get forty nine in one game and sixty three in the next game, I mean, that's disrespectful. You know, <laughs> you know, as a, as a as a competitor, you know, that man gotta get hurt. Somebody gotta get a hard foul out or something like that. You can't let a man get sixty three in your house. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, you know what? Remember that old uh, NBA Jam game? Yeah. When 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 the when the person when touch the ball and the ball's on fire and stuff like that, anything he throw up is it's 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 going in. That was Mike that game. He wasn't oh, yeah. missing nothing. Yeah, he wasn't missing, bro. He wasn't missing. And but he was missing them putts. I tell you that. That dude couldn't golf with crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, that little short putt. How much money do you think he lost to Danny Ainge that day? I I don't know, maybe five stacks, maybe. I'm not sure. Easy, easy five, huh? Yeah. 
He lost enough to give him 63 the next night. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, that was the payback. I mean, he definitely beat the line in Vegas that night because they didn't, they, you know, they had, I think, you know, the rumor was they had Michael getting 35. He got 63. So somebody got paid that night. Yep. Sure did. I think for me, man, when I looked at that episode too, my biggest takeaway was uh, that whole divide between Scotty and Jerry Kraut. And, you know, when we was coming up, do you guys remember all that drama with Scotty? Because I don't, I don't think I remember all of that going on with him. It was no. just crazy to see that. No, of course not. Of course, we. It's like the. It's like the uh, saying that that you see the duck in that pond. Well, boy, if you look, it look calm and and peaceful, but underneath it's moving a mile a minute. So that's how that team was. You know, they exposed that. It was like wow. So there's no telling what, you know situation go that nothing I don't think anything is ever smooth you know it's gonna be some bumps and rolls and some hiccups and some arguments some fights even but man who who would figure but I'm glad for this this docuseries man this it, it sheds a light on what that what that team and people and players and coaches and staff went through I remember the trade demand I definitely remember that I remember I remember freshman year in college hearing about the trade demand that Scotty wanted out and he wouldn't play again for the Bulls. I mean, it was serious. I mean, you know, I was up in, you know, it's up north in, in the Milwaukee area. And of course, you know, those Bucks fans, you know, the, the five I knew were talking crazy, <laughs> but, but, but talking crazy that, yeah, talking crazy that your dynasty is over. And I'm like, you guys wish you had a dynasty. I mean, so, so, I mean, it was, it was interesting to see. I mean, everybody knew that, you know, there was tension, you know, with Cross, Scotty, Michael, Phil, it's just weird to see it from this this perspective right now. And you know what you bring a when you bring in Phil, you bring in a good viewpoint there because a lot of people don't give Phil the credit that he deserves. Everybody will say, "Well, Phil coached Scotty and Mike and Dennis, and then he he coached Shaq and Kobe." But this guy Phil, he knows how to manage these egos because, like you said, uh, Jules. He, he that that was a, a, a ship that was like going in a in the wrong direction, but oh, Phil was man. able to get that thing right. And I don't think he gets enough credit. Well, see, the thing is, you need you. Well, if I, that's why it's so important with these pieces. These pieces was important. You needed Phil to to, to run that team because he was the only man that can do it. That's like that's like Angelo Dundee with Muhammad Ali. You know, you need that 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 person in your corner that to take you to the next level. And that's what Phil did for the, for the Bulls. You know, uh, with, with Scotty going back with Scotty, hey, I feel for the man. You know, the boy was only making he only, he, he signed to what a five year uh, a contract for what what was it six sixteen sixteen? Was, uh, it was seven years, eighteen million. Seven eighteen. Yeah, and he's this, he's the, he's the next to Mike. He's the man. But he was the sixth highest paid player on that team that season. The sixth highest paid, yeah, because what what you got? You had Tony making more, Ron Hopper, Dennis, and Luke Longley making more than Scotty. Scotty should have been right underneath Mike. Well, you know, you can't you can't really get mad. You know, I understand that he was uh, you know, he was not making any money, but his agent is the, is the biggest loser in this situation. His agent screwed him. I mean, what happened is they just signed a bad deal. Because yeah, I, I I think that Scotty <coughs> Scotty thought that he was getting a whole lot of money at that time, but Somebody had no concept of where they were going. You know, Mike. You know, Mike. Mike was guilty of it a little bit too. But Mike was getting Nike money at the same time. Mike um, kind of took care of Scotty on the on the uh, endorsement level. That's why, you know, I, I saw I saw his, his ex wife Larsa was making comments that Scotty's net worth is 190 million. 
he don't need a stimulus check at this point. That's what she was saying on uh, Instagram because you know obviously she's gonna get part of that you know during the divorce. Man, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Novak, you bring up a good point. So you talk about Scotty with the way he signed that deal. It's crazy though. So Reinsdorf was trying to tell the man not to sign the contract, but why did he offer him such a low ball contract? If you call yourself trying to look out. He wants to see if he's going to take it. I mean, you understand that, you know, the culture of owners and players, basically, you know, he's an owner. At the end of the day, if he can get you for the low, he's going to sign you for the low in that situation. He got him for the low. Exactly. Exactly. He a thief. <laughs> <laughs> he a thief. I mean, I mean, come on, man. You could at least renegotiate that boy contract, man. Give him some more money. The boy, hey, look. Scotty Pippen, here's Scotty Pippen numbers. Scotty Pippen was two in scoring and two behind minutes played. But he was one in blocks, one in steals, and one in assists. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Get that boy that money, man. But but he even said himself, he took that money, he had responsibilities and obligations, right? He had he had 11 siblings. His father was paralyzed and his brother was paralyzed. One of his older brothers was paralyzed. He was like, man, as my father said, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. He said, well, I got a bird in the hand. So I'm, I'm just going to take this money and take care of my family. And you know what? That's such a good viewpoint, too. And no one really knows or even thinks about that psychology of someone that grows up poor. So you guys saw the, the, the pictures and the videos of, you know, Scotty in his house there in Arkansas, and you saw the way that he grew up. So for Scotty, like you said, he's not thinking about the future. He's thinking about the fact that you're offering me $18 million right now. I'm mm-hmm. taking it. I'm taking it. I'll take it, too. I mean, he should have known better than that. I mean, with inflation and the cost of living in Chicago, $18 million gets shooed up pretty quick. He probably sent about eight or, eight or nine of that back home to Arkansas. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, <laughs> guys are getting better. Deal. Jason Caffey had a better deal than him. Right. And, uh, and, <laughs> and what did he, what he do? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, you know Jason who? Who was this? A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of rumors of where he went. You know, we don't know that. <laughs> Hey, okay. What's up, Jason Caffey? <laughs> he's, he's out there somewhere. <laughs> I would like to find out where the heck that guy went because, uh, yeah, somewhere. he kind of fell off the face of the planet. Man. He's somewhere in Milwaukee, man. Caffey, if you listen to us, man, hit us up, man. Let us know how you're doing. How's Milwaukee this time of year? <laughs> <laughs> That's the trail. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn, that was, that, was, that, was, that was harsh. So – what you guys think was the best scene in uh, episode two? I mean, like I said, that episode to me was fires. But what what do you guys think was the best scene? You know, the best scene to me, the best scene was when Scotty was dunking all over everybody. Yes, sir. That was the best scene for me. That that's all. It. When 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 Mike, you know, Mike got Scotty up the pace, man. That dude, he was just dunking on people. You you remember them? You remember them them, them times, them games? He'll take the ball, he'll he'll grab a rebound or something and, and dribble half court, then come back and just dunk on you. You sit up there like, man, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that's my uh that and also him talking trash to uh to uh 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 to Jerry Krause on the bus, on the team bus. Bro, man. Did when they showed those those the video of Jerry Krause in the front of that bus, man, looking like somebody uh, man. <laughs> You ain't no telling what they were saying to that man on that bus. He was crying inside. That's what he was doing <laughs> on that bus. 
He looked like he wanted to. He like he wanted to mace the whole back of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm sorry that that man. I'm talking about his his pride. Everything in him is just he was just shook. But you know he had to feel good when uh, Oakley slapped Pippen. I mean I know he felt good about that in the locker room. <laughs> man. <laughs> hey man, that slap was kind of hard, man. I, it I, was. I think, I think we'll be going to blows in that one. Uh, he, he gave he gave him a, a child slap. That's what that was. You know when you grab a man like that who's six seven, you six eight, and slap him. You know, that's disrespectful. You know, Oakley got traded immediately after that. And I think Cross felt bad. He was like, I can't have him slapping Scotty and Mike around. You I don't think he would, ever, he would never slap Mike, but, you know, the way he slapped Scotty was wrong. Well, what did Charlie Murphy say about that? You can't slap no man in his face like that because after uh-huh. you slap a man in the face, we got the duel. Somebody, somebody got to die. That's right. <laughs> you know what, Oakley? You're a bully, Oakley. Man, I wonder what Oakley up to. He's probably <laughs> slapping somebody around. <laughs> he, sh- he sure ain't. He sure ain't in Vegas right now. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas been shut down. Hey Charles, oh, we just. Hey Charles, we just playing, man. We don't want no smoke. <laughs> no sir. Man, though. So my uh, the best scene that I thought was a. Uh, I had a couple, but the first was when Scotty was speaking to the UC on that ring night, and he got like emotional. Oh yeah, that was that was a real moment right there because you get mm-hmm. to tell right there in that moment he knew that 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 run and that uh, that dynasty was, was pretty much that was it. It was over. Mm-hmm. I like that one, and then I like the scenes when he was in college, when he was uh, at Central Arkansas, when he was just dunking on everybody. Oh now, yeah, whew. Pippen man, Pippen was a beast. I, I'm glad to see that because you, I, I never seen highlights from Pippen in, in um, college. That was a. Uh... I was, I was surprised team. they had him. I remember seeing those before. I remember seeing those in high school. When people were talking, you know, people were trying to explain Scotty's game. But you go from like six one to six three, then to six five, then <clears throat> then to six seven. I mean, he grew like rapidly, and you know, he had guard, he had guard ability. He's so similar to Anthony uh, Anthony Davis in terms of that growth spurt. You know, Anthony uh, was was the same size, and he grew like what six nine, six ten right now at this point. Yep. So I mean. You know, with guard abilities. I mean, I would say that, you know, Scotty dunking on everybody was scary. I mean, because, you know, just seeing this guy just beast up like that. I mean, Michael's rash is very similar in terms of, you know, height, skill set, and everything. Those two guys pretty much complement each other so well because they fought through the same, you know, hardships to get, you know, to become who they were. You know what? You're not, you're not kidding about that, man. And, and the one thing, too, so Scotty had those uh, the, the the point guard skills, and he was able to once he grew into that body, man, he still was able to keep that. So Scotty, nobody talks about that, but he was a hell of a passer, man. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a very underrated he, part he, of his he, game. Yeah, he, like you said, he was what we at at you know that time he was first overall for assists. Yep. I mean, for a six seven, uh, small four to have handles like that. I mean, now nowadays, maybe nowadays, that's that's. You know, a lot of cats are doing that now. But for back then, you know, for a guy that size to, you know, who, you know, you can think of Magic Johnson, but for a guy that size to have ball handles like that and can can run up and down the court, no problem. That was that was kind of unheard unheard of. Well, think of it this way: he is he's the you know he's the you know he's like uh, he's LeBron before LeBron. If you mm-hmm. think about it, I mean, Scotty moves. Scotty had elements of Magic Johnson, elements of. Uh, you know, Michael in terms of the aggression, 
And then, you know, he made it, you know, he made his own signature style of play. And then you can see uh, how other players bit Scotty, but they don't give them, give them that same respect that they gave him MJ. So Scotty definitely was the second best player in the league at that point, even with the back, mm-hmm. even with the, the ankle injury and everything. I mean, Scotty still was that dude, you know, but people don't want to admit it. And two, Scotty would D up the, the best offensive player on the opposing team. Yeah, he'll D right, right. Good, good point, Prez. He'll D. He'll D him up so allow Mike to do his thing. So that was a good, uh, good advantage of also uh, a good trade of uh, Scotty. That boy was underrated, man. I mean, we we talked about it on the pod yesterday, man. I still don't get, man, why people sleep on him. Yeah, he, man. Hey, man, we love you, Scotty, man. If nobody else tell you, man, we we do, man. Out here in this podcast, man, pulling back the curtain, man. We love you, Scotty. Hey, stay up, man. The bullshit never fired you. <laughs> And, and, and Scotty, you was right. You don't want to be uh, associated with a losing team anyway. Right. <laughs> so, how do you guys feel about the way Scotty handled his contract situation? So, we, we were joking about it yesterday when we were watching it. I, I mean, man, my, my guy Scotty was pretty much uh, blunt, bluntly honest about, like, why he decided to do things the way he did. But how do you guys feel about that? I think he could have he held it. He could have handled it a little bit more better professionally in that in that situation because I guess the long term game with Scotty Pippen's contract situation is there was more money to be made and you know like he said before I'm gonna have my day <laughs> you know he did have his day you know after that I think that um, you know I understand the anger I understand totally where he's coming from being underpaid like that. But I don't think he understood he was underpaid until he started seeing people living better than him. To be honest with you, he started seeing Mike <laughs> go from the go from the Corvette to the Lamborghini. Oh, you know, and then you know, Scotty barely had to use, had to use Range Rover. You know, yeah, pre-owned, yeah, factory certified. You know, <laughs> you know so, so you know that's what happened. He knows that people are living better, especially when Tony Kukoc got to America. I think he realized he wasn't making any money. That was, slap, that was a slap in his face, man. They they we went over there. They gave Tony the bag. Right. <laughs> gave him the rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to look at it, man. When uh, that 97-98 season, when Pippen took that, uh, you know, that injury, uh, 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 that surgery for his injured foot and stuff, he was he missed them games, man. The Bulls, they was they was they had a little bit of problem that November, that month of November. They went nine and seven. And, and they covered that, in, and they covered that in the documentary. Mike was getting, he was getting heated with those guys, man. Yeah, yeah. But you know, back to what you say about the uh, con- his contract. I understand, uh, Novick, where you come, uh, he could have handled more professionally. He could have, but the boy, he was frustrated. I've been frustrated too, because I'm out there busting my ass and stuff, and and I I ain't seeing you know the fruits or or I'm feeling unappreciated. And then uh, you know what? I'm just do me. At that point, I'm just do me, and that's what Scotty did. You know. You know what the, the the interesting part about that is we I agree with both of you guys on the way that he could have handled it differently he could have handled it better more professionally but it was interesting the Phil backed him up yeah well Phil yeah Phil 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 he 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 showed did and he understood because Phil didn't like me so you know like the the uh, the organization either. I bet it was probably just because Phil had his old interactions with Krauss and how right. Phil had to beg to get his contract. Right. But the one thing that kind of that kind of stood out, stood out. Uh, Mike said that Scott he, he felt that Scott was selfish, and I was like, 
I was like, damn, I don't know if I would have said that. Uh, as far as him taking this uh that surgery uh, during the um uh, during the season. I mean during the off season in the summertime. Well, I, I think the thing is Scotty felt Scotty felt like, you know, he could be selfish at that point in his career. I think because Mike went to go play baseball, so he kind of balanced himself out. That's why Mike didn't go, you know, too ham on the situation. Because he realized that he did leave to go play baseball. He put everybody's, you know, championship uh, ambition on hold to go play baseball. So Scotty, yeah. Scotty did something very similar years later. So Mike couldn't get too mad about it because he already had left Scotty once. And Scotty left him for like 40 games. Mike left him for like, a, what, a year and some yeah. change. So that's what that was about, pretty much. You know, they both they they became better teammates and better people toward each other, over the fact that they realized that they need each other to win games. And you know, Mike walking away helped Scotty become a better person and a player, and then Scotty sitting down helped Mike understand that he needed Scotty. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a that's a true point because uh, neither one of them won without the other. Yeah, that's a good point there. So. One of the things, so you brought up, uh, Jules, was just about, you know, Scotty's decision to delay the surgery. So we saw in the documentary he missed 38 games and the Bulls were, you know, kind of struggling. Mike was playing heavy minutes. Uh, do you guys feel that uh, Scotty's uh, decision to delay the surgery was fair to Mike? Ooh, hey, you take that one, Novak. I'm, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to chew on that one for a second. Um, yeah, I can see some of that. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, if you think about it in that situation, there, there's an element of fear and respect going on there. I think that, you know, ultimately, if you think about the bigger picture in that regard, I think that, um, you know, you, if you watch the video, you watch the body language, you watch how, like, he looked when he was around him, the uncomfortable uh, moments out on the video. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, a lot of those. Yeah, it's like Big Brother, Little Brother, pretty much. You know, Little Brother was scared of what Big Brother thought about him, but I think Big Brother understood the whole the whole game in that situation. And, you know, he wasn't happy. You know, when Mike kicked the box, that was probably the most anger Mike showed so far. You know, that's more, that, no, that's more to come in this situation. Hey, I, hey, I thought he was going to kick that box right into that uh, little Ursher right there who was standing by that door. I said, well, that boy better move. <laughs> <laughs> He will kick that box right in his head. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's 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 hard. It's kind of hard to answer because we can see now. We see now. We see do the documentary. We see that Scotty wasn't happy, and they was talking about tra- You know, the the off front office was talking about trading him, and he's not getting his money. He's feeling unappreciated, unappreciated and stuff. And here he got his foot. His foot is bothered. So he said, man, you know what? I ain't going to mess up my um my summer. I'm just take it, you know, during the season and stuff. I get it. But then you you were the team. Not only just a team, you were the championship team. You got Mike, you got other people that, that depended on you. That's right. Yep. So it, it's, it's, it's hard. I, I, I understand both sides. I understand him want to do it to get at, to get at front office. But also, you get people, people depending on you that really need you, that that want you there on the floor with them, man. This is not just just basketball for people who just you know they, they go around just shooting ball or something. This is war. You're going out there battling people every night, uh, uh, trying to win this, trying to win this ship. So, 
you know, you want your best people out there. So I, I, I get Mike's frustration and also get Scotty. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just, just call it a draw on that one. And the one thing that I wanted to bring up, and it was kind of interesting seeing a lot of people's viewpoints uh, about uh, Scotty's decision and then also Jordan's uh, reaction to it. And so when Jordan called the decision selfish, I saw a lot of feedback on social media where people were saying, well, Jordan had no right to say that about Scotty because Jordan made significantly more money than Scotty. And I think the thing that people don't realize is Mike's contract, he was grossly underpaid for years, too, until those last two seasons. Ooh, yeah. Right. Yeah, he was grossly underpaid, but Mike Mike turned down $50 million endorsements. <laughs> you know, he went, he went for batteries and hot dogs over other stuff. I mean, you know, Scotty, Scotty wasn't as marketable as Mike, you know, in terms of, you know, from the ability to go out and sell a product or be the face of a product. But I think that... Uh, I, th- I think that I think that Mike and Scotty, you know, are very similar in terms of like you know their career decisions, the way they handle stuff. That you know we totally forgot about the you know the situation where Scotty refused to go in the game for the last 1.2 seconds. You know the year Mike was playing baseball. You know Mike's had a I mean Scotty's had a very tough path to greatness compared to Mike. I mean I think Mike's path to greatness you know there was a stumble here, a stumble there, but I think Scotty paid more dues than Mike at that point. You know, it came more natural to Mike to be a killer and a leader. Scotty had to work to become who he was. Well, Ku Coach, uh, Ku Coach bailed Scotty out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, Scotty was sitting on that pitch like, damn, he made that shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tony was, Tony was another one that was underrated. I, I, I wonder how much of the, uh, are we going to see with him in the future episodes. That'll be interesting to see. I can see that happening after the Dennis episode. You know, to be honest, right? They're going to Tony and and you know the cross relationship and all that other stuff. I mean, I think I think I think we you're not done yet seeing the full picture. I think we saw we saw part of Scotty. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think to see the rest of Scotty and you know see how mm-hmm. Mike and Scotty work as a whole. I think right now we see them in pieces. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, Jules, you brought up a point earlier where you mentioned, man, Ryan's don't should have restructured that uh, contract. Uh, yeah. So why do you think he should have done that? Because let's let's be honest. We know how Jerry does business. Jerry mm-hmm. don't restructure contracts. When Wiseau said he don't even want to look at you after the contract is signed. Right. I was like, damn. You know, and I okay, but man, these this this team brought you six championships. So it was like you see you see the business part of them, like he, they, like hey, okay, that's good, thank you, thank you for the championship. But you know what? Ultimately, for him, it's just number business. He probably don't like basketball, so we know baseball is his first love. Yeah. So, so with that, I was like, man, this man out here, you know, you that, you know, just picture yourself, you're out there working and slaving, you're doing the best you can, you know, trying to provide, you know, you're providing for your family, you give them their company, your organization, everything you got. You always come to work. You're never late. You're punctual. You have a good uh, 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 head on your shoulder. You don't give no problems. And then they just, you know what? You know, we, we, thank you for your services. We, we no longer need you. I mean, it's like, man, come on, man. I've been here every day, man. At least you can give me something, man. You know, give me a promotion or something. But, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, that Ronzo could have restructured, restructured his contact. I mean, what? 
How much would it take to do that? They weren't about to, he wasn't about to do that. He could have did that, but you know the way these owners think in terms of like contracts and players, they see them as moving parts. You know they mm-hmm. you know they didn't see them as people. Sometimes they see you know like Michael might have been above you know the traditional player how he's viewed and received by by the ownership, but I think that uh, you know a player like Scottie Pippen who allowed himself to sign a stupid deal or his agent allowed you know agent signed a deal that didn't make any sense. Ryan Store saw that as a win-win situation because he could either keep more money, you know, he could either go out and sign players far cheaper, or he can get two for one with the money that Sky left on the on the table at that point. Right. So, you know, I don't I think for a business, you know, it's a business in the, the day. You know, guys get traded all the time, people get cut, people retire. So he didn't see Scotty any different. After 10 years in the NBA, how much life was left in Scotty's body that he already haven't taken out? So, you know, Scotty was looking at it, looked at it as a depreciating asset at that point by Ryan Storff and Jerry Cross. Yeah. It was and, we, and if we're being honest, he signed away his prime years yeah. by signing a seven-year deal. Right, right. right. Man, I, who was his agent? Was uh, Jimmy Sexton? <laughs> I think so. What the hell is he doing these days? <laughs> not, not, not representing players. That's what he's doing. Man. Yeah, you know. That was robbery at that point, but you know the sad thing. You're right. His prime years, he played for less. Then he got to the, you know, still a great player at that point. But everybody's looking at him like, how many more years can we get out of his body? Because you know, they're like cars, he was at breakdown level at the point. You know, at the ten years, Scotty, Scotty's ten years about twelve, fifteen on the body. Mm-hmm. Mike had the same thing going on, but Mike would never let you know he's hurt. Right. You know, if, if Mike got surgery, he snuck and got it somewhere. And you never knew he had surgery. <laughs> like oh, like he did, like he did with that finger. Yeah, he didn't want you to know. I wonder how do you, how do you, do y'all remember how he hurt that finger? Cutting a cigar. Dang. And man, you, Michael's on that sauce, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember he said when he first came to the league, I don't drink, I don't smoke, <laughs> and all that. When he left the league, I drink, I smoke, and everything else. Hey, you don't know what else he's doing now. You go to room he, with him. But but didn't he say back then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then. Mm-hmm. We, hey. <laughs> Cause I I was wondering what was in I was wondering what was in that glass. That was, that shit looked expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was right though. He he was real calm. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm waiting for that glass to be like halfway drunk drink and then I think we're gonna start hearing some stuff, man. <laughs> Yeah, I like how Mike was out there just being himself, man. He was cursing, he was talking, he was just, you know, letting he let his hair down. Well, you know, he was letting something down. <laughs> You're silly, man. So so when you guys uh think about like this this episode, man, what what was there anything else in the episode that, that stood out to you and what are you looking forward to most uh going into episode three? I think right now I'm looking forward to see more of you know, the dynamics of that team. Looking to see how the other players are represented. I want to see a Steve Kerr, a Steve Kerr story. <laughs> I want to hear about the I want to hear about the punch from Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want, you know I want to see Dennis Robin his feather bow running around downtown Chicago. <laughs> I want to find out if Mike and Scotty actually went out with him. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, could you imagine that? It had to happen once, twice. It had to happen. I can, I just can't see him out there, you know, being him without Cliff Leverston is. 
that's one person we haven't seen at all, you know, which should be interesting. I know he wasn't on the team, but he was still partying here during the second championship, the second championship run. You talking about uh, your boy Good News? Good News is still partying with him. <laughs> that boy, he used to he used to tear up the rib back in the day. Oh God, he he bought part of it and then sold it back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you man. I, I, I'd like to uh, like to echo off of, uh, Novak, man. Just the documentary is so good as it's it's I I just can't wait with three and four, you know, you're going to talk about uh, Dennis and stuff. And, oh, my God, just so you can only imagine what what was going on in, in his mind in that in that time where he was going to part in that. I mean, and this the, the you know what the craziest thing is that we've seen just a little glimpse into like the whole Scotty Kraus MJ's part. And we ain't seen anything about what Dennis. I'm, what the heck kind of relationship did Dennis have with Kraus? Like, man. And they even talked about in the doc how he was holding out at the time when they were in that tournament. So he also had his own contract issues with the team as well. Mm. Oh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. <laughs> man, well, I can't wait, man. Like I said, this documentary is going to be fire. I can't wait to Sunday. Novak, man, you want to go ahead and, and finish our uh, final segment here? Yeah, definitely. What I want to touch upon is uh, one of the things in that, you know, the whole documentary that was pretty impressive is James Jordan. James Jordan plays such a, a pivotal uh, pivotal role in pretty much Michael's development as a person, as an athlete, that old school parenting, that, that approach that, you know, started Mike out in life, you know, that mentality to see, you know, Mike was always trying to win, you know, James's, uh, you know, approval on everything. He wanted to be the best he could be just so his dad could see it. He even chose to play baseball because his father liked baseball more than basketball. So, I mean, it, you know, that dynamic is going to be really interesting moving forward. You know, I'm definitely hoping to see a James Jordan episode as well. And I think that, uh, you know, one of the cool things about this whole documentary is it's taking us, some of us back to a happy time in life, for, you know, for sports personally. And it's also good for this country to help heal from this coronavirus situation. It's good to see something on TV that goes back to happier days. I mean, right now, you know, we got a lot going on in this country. Things aren't going the way people want it to go. And I think this documentary has definitely helped us, uh, you know, deal with the quarantine period. Yeah, you, you're not lying about that. I, I would say thank, thanks to the, the Last Dance documentary and then tonight with the uh, Teddy Riley and Babyface IG Live. These are the two consecutive <laughs> best back-to-back days that we've had in a very long time. So definitely very appreciative of that. Jules, you got anything on the way out? Rest in peace, James Jordan. Man, for real. For real. All right, guys. Let's put a pin in this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.